Now, KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, good morning. Away we go. Home improvement. Two hours right up to the Bob Costa special at 1 o'clock following this show. So much to talk about. I have a wizard in the studio. That's wizard, W-I-Z-A-R-D, big pointy hat, kind of a character you've seen him before. I have Kevin Welch of Helitech. We're going to talk about, what do you think, foundation, dewatering? Kevin, good morning. Good morning, Scott. How are you? I'm terrific. How about you? Excellent. Now, I understand you're a sporting red here talking about Cardinals. You're uh, you're like um, stepping right into it, brother. Yeah, fired up today. Are you? Yep. Going to the cards game? Yep. Yeah, you bring home a winner? Uh, certainly hope so. There, we go. <laughs> there you have it on good authority right there from KMOX. We know about this stuff. Kevin Welch, good morning. And tell me, uh, you're out and about. We're in some transitioning weather here. We had, you know, we've got a lot of rain coming in. The forecast looks like a little wet uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Uh, yeah, we're seeing a, seeing a little bit of everything right now. I went from super hot down to about 79, 80 the next couple of days. And and then I think I'm I think I'm hearing it's popping back up. So oh. uh, seeing uh, some reports of droughts uh, north of Columbia. Um, we're in a very moderate one here is what I'm hearing. Still, still. Yeah, just Whoa. a little bit, but, uh, we're not seeing a whole lot from it here in St. Louis, but our guys in Columbia are seeing it. Yeah. Well, Kevin, I, I marvel at, um, yeah, I mean, there are, there are geotechnical, you know, people, soils, engine, people who know what's going on underground, uh, and they're the engineers and that's part of your team. But I marvel at, um, I mean, you guys are out there so often looking all over the various territories you cover. I mean, you know what's going. I mean, in, in my world, we we have to see behind the walls. In your world, you have to see underground, yeah. and you do. Yeah. <laughs> how, how does that work? That's Superman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. It's not that. It's just a lot of road time, man. Yeah. You, yeah. It, a lot of driving all over the place. Yeah. What do you see? What are the various areas and things that you deal with? Uh, you know, what what's what comes at you? Well, you know, you know, depending on the area. I mean, um, I know that uh, towards the end of last year, up towards uh, Moscow Mills and that area. Um, mostly St. Louis guys travel that area, but we were seeing, I mean, for whatever reason, they were getting missed by all the rain. And then, so they've been, they've been hurting for a while. I, I don't know if that's changed recently, but, um, so we're seeing that there, um, here locally, you got you know, a lot of waterproofing, but it's mm-hmm. kind of a, it's kind of a mix right now. We're seeing stuff from last year that's drought related, mm. um, and seeing still waterproofing from last year's floods. Yeah, well, if you don't like whatever's going on, just wait a year or a month or six, and it'll change. It's uh, Midwest. Yep. Yeah. For sure. Kevin, how do people get a hold of you? 1-800-246-9721 or Helitech online, all one word, dot com. And ask for the Cardinal fan. That'll limit it with the Helitech group by about nobody. Yeah, <laughs> They're exactly. all Cards fans. Exactly. All right. We've got phone lines, two hours, questions and answers. I invite your calls, your favorite. I, you know, come on. You were thinking about, ah, oh, last that on camel. What's that guy? Oh, Scott. Yeah, I'll call that guy. We'll have this question. Well, I've got Kevin Welsh in my pocket today. We've got all kinds of stuff going on. Phone lines, phone numbers. Come on, family. You know it. 314-436-7900. Yeah, you know, 436-7900. When the other one is 1-800-925. 
1120. Come on, it was going off in the back of your mind, just like mine. I mean, after a few decades of listening to KMOX, it kind of pops up there easily. I invite your calls, your questions, any topic. We're talking about foundation repairs. Kevin's got to bring home a winner with the cards and the cubbies today. He's going to stick around with us till lunchtime. So about time, it's, you know, time to strap on a feed bag for him and me. He's going to bail on me. You know, what can I say? Kevin, you know, I love you, man, but, you know, come on. I'm stick sorry, around. Scott. Uh, that's right. No, I, I, in all due respect, I, I'd do it to you, man. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. yeah. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. My name is Scott Mosby. My day job is Mosby Building Arts. This is our 70... Uh, second year, 71st, 72nd, founded in 1947. I guess that's 71 years. Um, by my father, Sam Mosby, and his, he was kind of an innovator guy. Um, you know, he was always looking for the better way to do things. His uh, world during World War II was building housing for, you know, the, uh, Army, Navy, for basically in the Army. And so that was his thing. He brought those skills that he learned there home, uh, spent the next, uh, you know, years building cabinets in his garage in 1947. That evolved to a home builder custom thing. So I'm here, you know, as uh, his son who didn't mess it up. It's kind of, you know, I mean, anyway, every time something didn't work in Sam's world, he found a different way to do it. And about the 1970s, there was a thing called design build. As the architects, um, and, and this is kind of my crude take on it, as the consumers squeeze the architect fees, the architect kind of squeezed the documents going to the builder. So the builder wound up kind of carrying the freight and taking all the responsibility for the warranties. And, you know, so that kind of thing responded into a dad drawing some of his own plans. Um, fast forward half a century to Mosby Building Arts today. We've got really uh, an architectural firm of about 10 people, uh, some draftsmen, a couple architects. Uh, and, and that is how we uh, prepare our work because the communication lag you know, for those of you that are married in relationships, however it works, you all always think the same thing together all the time at the same time, right? No, it doesn't work that way in my marriage. Well, in business, when you're not even in the same building, not even on the same direct team, things get ugly. That's why self-performing and why I'm here with Helitech. Helitech has their own people. They self-perform this work. Mosby Building Arts, we have our own people. We self-perform our own work from the carpentry, painting, the drywall, the plumbing, the electric, as well as the architects, the interior design, certified kitchen and bath, special, you know, all that stuff. When you get everybody in the room, you go back to what Frank Lloyd Wright used to talk about as the Bauhaus, B-A-U-H-A-U-S, Bauhaus. And that was kind of the idea of and I'm going to really crude this up a little bit. You throw everybody in a room, says, I don't care what you call each other. When you come out, I want a really good building. And that's pretty much what design build is today, whether you're the draftsman, the architect, the engineer, structures guy, steel specifier, the plumber, the carpenter, painter, roofer, flasher, any of those things. It's how they all get together. And if you think back into kindergarten, uh, plays well with others. Remember that? One, two, three, four, five. I do. I went to public schools. Plays well with others. I won't tell you how I scored, you know, although you might imagine that. Uh, but anyway, it's how those various trades communicate, get along, and deliver together either a reliable project or they just did their job within their trade scope. That doesn't mean it works with the other trades around it. For example, a gutter guy. You just need to slope the gutter so the water goes down. 
what if you hang the gutter too low and the pitch of the roof flows the water right over the top of the gutters? Did it work? Did the consumer get anything? Homeowner happy? Probably not. Everybody did their work within their trade skill range. Anyway, so that's kind of it. With that, I've got a lot of people behind me that keep me sharp, suggest things to me. We love figuring stuff out. And, you know, Kevin and I are lonely here. I mean, we're sitting in this corner studio. The lights are kind of soft and there's no sun out there and phone lines open 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. So if Kevin and I aren't going to go out and eat some worms and some dirt, we we really need you to love us. Bosco's over here running on the treadmill making 50,000 watts and Kevin and I are just, you know, we're looking for trouble. We we need some questions to answer. Uh, now, we can make our own trouble, but I think I'd prefer to solve somebody else's, you know, issues. We've got, oh, man, that's a little scary, maybe 80 years of experience between the two of us. Something like that. Oy. Oh. <laughs> hey, that, that we, means we, we might be somewhat dangerous. Uh, we better give good answers this week. Yeah. Uh, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Bring it on. We're here. We are yours at your service. Kevin Welch, Helitech, Scott Mosby, KMOX. We are. Yours at your service here on The Voice of St. Louis, 50,000 watts. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, back together, Home Improvement, Scott Mosby. I promise we're going to try and give good answers this week that match the questions. I, I We always give good answers, but, you know, occasionally they, you know... You ask red and we, no, not really. We do, we keep, we hold ourselves accountable to good questions and good answers. It's, it's really a lot of fun. And, and I, you know, Kevin, do you enjoy coming in here and, and helping people? I mean, that's kind of what we do. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, first you're a little spooked when you come in here and do this because you don't know exactly what you're getting yourself into and, and you get six or seven of these under your belt and you're like, it's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then I get an education from you every time I come in. Oh, yeah. You never so, heard so many wrong answers, did yeah, you? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, recovering it. Anyway, you got to bail me out. Somebody's got to cover me. No, you do a great job. Well, let's cover some phone lines. What do you think? Sounds good. Let's get Bosco going here and see what's cooking on the phones. Let's see what's going with Daniel. Hey, Daniel, Scott Mosby, the inaugural call today. How can we help you, my friend? Well, thank you uh, for taking my call. And it's a little complex and maybe a little tangential. Okay. But you were. You were talking about uh, the St. Louis moisture problems and the variability of how sometimes wet, sometimes dry. And I've been thinking about building a small, energy-efficient home. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to have a brick veneer. Okay. And when I read the journals, uh, I cannot find anything. They're always putting uh, foam on the outside, uh, things like that. They don't speak generally of a brick veneer, but I thought that can you do a, a thicker wall like around two by eight in St. Louis and have a brick veneer as well as long as you're controlling the uh, basement moisture, the dehumidifiers, the ventilation? Can you do that without the condensation in the wall, or is uh, are we kind of stuck with two by four or two by six behind? Rick Veneer here in St. Louis. No, Daniel. I'm, uh, first off, I'm excited. I'm about to geek out on you here, so hang on. This is going to be a fun ride, at least for me. I hope the rest of you go along for a good time, too. Thank um, you. Uh, are masons in the St. Louis area 
uh, you heard about all this mold and rot and bad moisture management with uh, stucco and all the indoor air quality, mold, mildew, rotting. Yes. Those guys have gotten it right for the longest period of time because brick veneer, when it came out, and they didn't quite hit it right in the 50s when it first started, but there's a drainage plane. There's an air gap behind brick veneer. Um, okay. And when the flashing is properly put on down at the brick sill, the little step into the foundation that brick actually sits on, that condensation, it, you can't stop condensation. It will happen, right. period, because right. the, the, the air is wet. And when it goes from warm to cold overnight, that moisture in the air condenses, hits, you know, dry, falls, okay. gravity drops down, and then it goes out the weep holes. So I have to tip my hat to the bricklayers, brick mason and stonemasons around this area because they didn't really get it wrong for the last hundred years. It's the other types of outdoor gladdings, you know, the stucco, the uh, EFIS exterior insulated fish, all that stuff that figured, well, we'll just keep the moisture out. We'll make the wall surface exterior airtight, watertight, and we just won't have that problem. Well, you can't stop condensation. So uh, first off here, Daniel, brick veneer is a great way to build the foam on the face, exterior face of the sheathing of your wall framing. You're basically putting an insulated overcoat around the framing, whether it's two by four, two by six, whatever you want. But if you put that thick uh, foam on there, it's got to be the pink or the blue, either dowel board or the Owens Corning. Okay. Yeah, it's got to be the right stuff to handle the moisture. You're still uh, accountable for vapor barrier, vapor retarder on the face of that exterior sheathing or a Tyvek or a drainage, something like that. Um, but you can get a heck of a good uh, energy efficient building as long as you count on the moisture expect it to condense into water form and then give it an easy drainage plane out and weep holes at the bottom of your brick veneer. For the most part in the St. Louis area, uh, the brick layers are really good. They, you know, they're just the trade, the, the kind of hand-me-down trade of father, son, son, all that down. Somehow they got that right for a long time. So seldom do I see brick veneer problems in you know, energy efficient houses that got it wrong because they just, they've been doing this for, you know, ever since brick veneer was invented, you know? Okay. That, that is, that's good news because I just, I don't want to use uh, vinyl siding. I don't, uh, and the whole question of mounting a siding on top of the foam kind of made me a little queasy as far as longevity. I, it's just, it, uh, it also didn't seem right to me to drive two-inch, three-inch uh, nails into foam that you're trying to insulate your house with just so you could apply a outside cladding. But if I had brick veneer, it uh, seems to me like it would protect the foam and it would function uh, more efficiently. Well, keep in mind, you're still going to drive big nails through this foam for the brick tabs that oh. hold the veneer on. So, but, you know, the issue is, you know, the right kind of fasteners, the right kind of um, uh, Tyvek uh, will seal around that nail. So just keep in mind, um, you don't have to carry the freight. A two by four wall with good insulation and a one inch or two inch thick foam on the outside with proper, you may have to have brick nailers, horizontal two by fours or something, whatever, that that the brick mason trusts to keep his 
brick skin from peeling off that wall and hitting the ground. So sure. no matter what you're doing, you're going to drive a nail through something, you know, it's, but okay. it's a wall, not a roof. So. Okay. One, one final question. And I appreciate that. Yeah. I'll turn If you did a, uh, like an eight inch thick interior wall and insulated that and did not put foam on the outside, but you did everything properly, uh, the water resistive barrier, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or, or perhaps sprayed closed cell, closed cell foam uh, up, up against the exterior sheathing from the inside and then put your rock wool fiberglass. Can you avoid condensation that way, or is that a, a strict no uh, on uh, doing that if you're doing brick cladding as well? No. Uh, negative. You've got a thermal bridge in your studs, two by four, two by six, whatever it is that will carry that cold in and out. So those thermal bridges, the the actual framing, will carry that hot and cold and cause condensation. And and if uh, you, for example, um, uh, uh, driving down the street. I can see studs behind vinyl siding because of the moisture, uh, because that in a, if, for example, today when it's hot, say, uh, and it's 70 degrees cool and dry inside, that cold actually will transmit through the two by fours and I'll see green streaks or ghosting marks. I can see from the outside on top of the siding on some buildings uh, where that thermal bridging occurs. And that means, you know, so back to your foam on the outside of anything whether it's a full masonry structure where the masons put, you know, foam on the outside of the concrete block or whatever their, their structural part is, or whether you're two by fours, two by sixes, you put foam on the outside. You know, basically that's an overcoat around the whole outside of the building, and then you put this other thing over it, whether it's siding or brick or, you know, stucco. I got you, yeah. To avoid the condensation, we have to use uh, the foam if we're going to get to those energy-efficient uh, yes, level absolutely. Right on, right on. And, and I love this stuff, Daniel. I geek out and I take people way deeper down the rabbit hole. But uh, if you're about to pull the trigger on this, you need to know what you're doing so that that extra money you invest comes back in extra value in your pocket. I really appreciate it. Thank, thank you so much for explaining that because I, I know just like all politics is local, I think all building it is local, and the local experience uh, counts is number one. You, you know, you, you have to know your general uh, information and the international residential code, but the people that do it locally know the area. So, Amen. again, I, I thank you. All right. Thanks, Daniel. Good question. Thank you. You know, it's like the same old question, you know, you hire the guy to fix the something, he comes in for five minutes, turns a screw, and he says, that'll be 50 bucks. You're only here five minutes. He says, yeah, but 50 bucks for five minutes, that's obscene. He says, okay, look at it this way. Then it was $5 for turning the screw and $45 to know which one. <laughs> you know, same old, same old. But, but if you're worried, if you're paying for the task, and not the resultant outcome, which people will say, I want a room addition, I want a 20 by 20 room addition. 
if that's what the builder builds without getting deeper into what are you doing? Who's going to use it? What are the times of days? Will you go outside from that place? Uh, north, south, east, west, how much insulation? Which is east and west? Where do we get heat gain from the sun? Uh, how do you vent the insulation in the, ad- oh, no attic, flat roof? Oh, okay, well, okay, where are we going to put the heating and cool? Oh, no crawl space, where are we going to? So do you measure the input as a consumer or do you measure the output as a consumer? One has value, the other has busyness. Anyway, that so let's fire up and get busy and uh, talk to Jane here on line two. Hey, Jane, Scott and Kevin here. How can we help you? Hi, I'm calling with a question about a fireplace in my home. Um, it's basically been unused for a number of years, but I have noticed that there is a small crack yeah, it's a it's a long crack, but it's it's not wide. It's narrow mm-hmm. down the back wall of the fireplace. Mm-hmm. I believe it's a free prefab fireplace installed after the home was built, and so what's in the surround the the box itself looks like um, fake brick mm-hmm. to me. It's not it does it's not real brick. It looks it looks like a um, some kind of cement material. Um, and so my questions are, who, where should I start with having, is it a chimney sweep that I call first to look at this, to see what is the actual issue, or is it some kind of contractor for fireplace um, replacement? I, I mean, I don't, don't feel like it's safe to use until I have this answer, and um, then what am I looking at if it's, if it's a crack that goes through the piece is it can it be repaired or is it something i'm going to have to have taken out mm-hmm. and installed uh jane uh i would recommend and uh, kevin's kind of shaking his head as a chimney sweep uh number okay. one i guarantee that crack does go all the way through generally if it's a pencil width uh it was just from getting that firebox too hot uh, and it, it can be um, a refractory mortar. You can't just put caulk in there or sand and cement because of the intense heat of that. Uh, but generally, it's a pretty easy fix. If you call a brick mason, the brick mason will fix the crack. But if you call a chimney sweep, the chimney sweep will fix the crack and inspect your chimney. And look, you know, it's like going to a general practitioner as a doctor who doesn't really care what's wrong. Mm-hmm. He's going to look at everything. He's looking for trouble, okay. you know, stem to stern. Whereas if you go to a uh, you know, an ophthalmologist, he's going to look in your eyes. Well, what if you right. have a foot problem that you don't know about? You know, so it, it's uh, it, the mm-hmm. chimney sweep would be uh, by far, Ke- you know, Kevin's shaking his head here. You know, he's either got a, an affliction over there or he agrees. I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. yeah. So, okay. And could the chimney sweep also make a repair or they'd make a recommendation? No, they'll make, make a repair. repair. They they deal with this stuff all the time. Okay. Um, and, okay. and, and I guarantee of, of all the fireboxes, the inside of fireplaces within the sound of my voice, something's cracked somewhere on almost every firebox because of the intense heat that's in there. Really? Okay. Yeah, it's kind of like wrinkles on me, you know. You live long enough, you get wrinkles. Is it bad? I don't know. You're trying to be, you know, Marilyn Monroe, or are you just trying to be you? It's like, well, right. I, best I can do is me. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate your response. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks. Good Very question, helpful. Jane. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye.
Kevin, you lonely over there, brother? Yeah, it's kind of quiet. Oh, yeah, you've been chasing Bosco around looking for something. Okay, yeah. we need some foundation questions. This guy's going to sleep on me here. We only have a half an hour. We need to run Kevin hard. You run him hard here, folks. We need some foundation. I think, a, I, think I got another half an hour in me. Do you really? Yeah, I just got the text from the wife. She's not going to be ready for the game when I want her to be. Oh, there we go. So Load him up, bring him on. <laughs> if you'll have me. We're going to run this horse until he, and put him away wet. There we go. Home Improvement, Camwex, Kevin Welsh, Helitech, Scott Mosby here at your service, part of Camwex. And I love doing this thing. It's Saturday. I get paid to talk. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. Oh, yeah, back together, Home Improvement. We have phone lines open for you. Kevin and I are so lonely. Oh, well, not really. We've got lots going on here, and Bosco's in here. We've got a great uh, uh, producer, Greg Harvey, who uh, reminds me about everything all the time because when the mouth goes in gear, sometimes the timing and, you know, the behavior, the accountabilities, things like the federal communication, FCC laws, you know, it's like, so Greg's really driving this bus. Just think of me as the hood ornament with a mouth. Oh, Kevin, what's the neatest thing you've done on projects? I mean, you get in some odd duck sort of things. What what are some of the more bizarre things you've done? I had a really, I had a really good one. Um, it's going back about six to eight months ago. It's a gentleman who's spent a lot of money with Helitech. He's had us do just about everything that we do. But he called me uh, He called me one day. He says, Kevin, I got one for you. He says, I want to put in a dry well. And I said, what the heck is a dry well? And, and he, he had to educate me on it. Oh, wow. And he said, this is what I want to do. Basically dig a big giant hole that you could put probably two cars in mm-hmm. and fill it full of rock. Yeah, big, big you know, big boulders and fill it in, and then cover it back up and and get it catch water as it rolls down the hill and just keep it away from his house. Wow! So he went and did one. He turns around, he's like, "I want another one." This guy's got a lot of water coming at his home. Yeah. So uh, that was a pretty that was pretty cool. Wow, that was something different. Yeah. You, you know, uh, they also have um, water gardens, rain gardens. So think of that with runoff with uh, and, and how I get touched with this is when you get higher density and you get these McMansions built on on smaller lots in some of the, you know, the close-in, higher-density neighborhoods, more houses per acre generally. Well, when you pave the whole driveway or roof or deck or patio the whole thing, when you get a gully washer, that water, which used to soak into the soil, now runs off to the neighbor's house. Right. Flooding them, Big then they problem. call Helitech, and you know, off you 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 go to the races. So now there's rain gardens almost to the point now where MSD Metropolitan Sewer District is like, hey man, if you don't absorb it into your yard, you flush it downstream to us in a storm sewer. Now we have to treat that stuff, you know. So that's cost. Why don't you just build, you know? So <clears throat> the circle, the life cycle, you know, the sustainability of all of this of water used to fall, soak in, and stay where it fell. Right. Not so in urban situations. So, you know, these dry wells and then rain gardens and off we go. So there, there's some cool stuff yeah, flying was, around on there. Yeah, it was a pretty interesting deal. It, it uh, The first one, first one was a little challenge is the ground was about as hard as can be. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it took us a long time to dig it. I mean, this thing was 12 to 15 feet deep by maybe 12 feet, 20 feet, 12 oh, feet yeah. wide by 20 feet long. Oh, yeah. I and mean, it was literally you could have put two, maybe three cars in this thing. Well, if he can't so. get rid of the water without yep. just flooding out his neighbor, he's got to hold it, you know, in a holding basin, catch basin, which you see those all over town. Yep, yep. 
Yeah, dry well. That's pretty cool. That yeah. is a monster dry well. Oh, huge. And then we did another one just like it, and then we dropped a exterior sump pump in it so we could pump the water wow. out to the front of the house. So, yeah, wow. pretty interesting. That's some non-percolating soil there, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, better you than me. Right. Yeah. Well, let's go back to the phone line see what's happening. Uh, let's see what's happening with Steve. Hey, Steve, Kevin and Scott here. We promise to help you the best we can. A couple weeks ago, thank you, by the way, a couple weeks ago, you were talking about homes that were built. They were brick, and there was space, and then there was concrete block, and then they put the interior on it. Mm-hmm. Well, when I took off the – I had the vents clean for the first time in forever. <laughs> when, I took off, when I took off the vent covers, you could see the gap in the warm air, cold air return, depending on what's on. You could see the gap. The cold air returns were open to that space. Yeah. Is that right? Is no. That correct? No, but that's the way it was built. Just because it's built that way, it, it, I'm, you're going to get me into a legal thing here. There are um, uh, industry standards, which basically says this is how you build it right. And then there are common industry practices, which for whatever reason, that's how we still do things, right or wrong. Um, and in those returns, um, it, frankly, uh, the, my first experience was being one of the first energy auditor uh, trained guys and certified guys in the state of Missouri. We did a blow a smoke test, which we put smoke inside the ductwork. It was theatrical smoke generator, so it was chemical smoke. And they blew that in the return, and the, the smoke came right through the exterior brick in those returns. I mean, it was weird to see smoke come through well-tuck-pointed brick. Well, so, I was worried that if, it, if, I, if I blocked it off or foamed it in, the gaps where it's coming through, that gap between the wall and the concrete block, I would screw up the cold air returns. So you're saying that's not the case. It just wasn't done 40 years, 50 years ago. Right. Did it? Well, I mean, energy was, you know, two cents or whatever. Uh, and so if you leak a little bit, so what? Um, you know, but so your responsibility is to seal from an airtight basis, not necessarily insulate, although that helps. You put a half inch spray foam on the inside surface of that exterior brick uh, or the backside of that return duct. You know, and all, you know, you're, you're going to limit the condensation, limit the moisture gain from condensation. You're also going to stop the air infiltration coming in and out. Because think about this, when the forced air furnace turns on, it draws a negative pressure or vacuum in that return air. And it's inhaling air right through the outside brick. So, you know, and all the dust and the dirt and imperfections and moisture. So you you can't even control your space every time your furnace goes on. It's inhaling right through the walls. So that's your responsibility there, Steve. Plus your plus your heating outside, basically cold air. Yeah, man. You have this in the house. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, how do you size a furnace for that? Yeah. Well, how much am I heating outside? (laughs) I just want to make sure I'm not going to screw something up by sealing those off so that all that cold air return is bringing in is the indoor air. Yeah, yeah. Just you're in good shape. Uh, Less is more. Don't, you know, more insulation then cuts off the the volume of airflow through that return air thing. So don't, you know, gold plate this thing. Half inch of spray foam, something like that on the outside and airtight is the ticket. All right, thank you. All right, Steve. Hey, we've got some good building science questions today. I love this stuff. Carefully get me wound up. I'll really go off. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Take care. Bye now. Um, well, Kevin, what? Who, who are we playing today? Is anybody, any ponds gum or what, what do we got cooking today on the Cardinals? Uh, just the little cubbies. Cubbies. Oh. Yeah. Are those guys <clears throat> any good? 
Seems like they are. Yeah, well, and some... they keep buying all the talent. So, <laughs> you know, Yankees Midwest. Yes, exactly. Oh. Driving me crazy. Well, they waited a long time. You know, yeah. I, I'm not. We got into this when the you know Cubbies were going to the World Series. It's like, oh, I can't root for the Cubs. I can't root for. The... It's like, well, you know what? They may be the Cubs. But there are Cubs. You know, yeah. if, when the cards were out, I was rooting for the Cubs. But I guess you know, everybody's got to have their day in the sunshine, right? That's, yeah, you know. <laughs> what can I say? All Just, right. Yeah. Well, well, you know what? Let's take a short pause, come back for more here. And, uh, golly, w- we've got to get something your way. What do we have? Uh, golly. Okay, we've got some foundation stuff to talk about here now, right here on CamelX. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, back together. Let's fire up, get right to the phone line, see what's cooking. Let's talk to uh, Gene. Hey, Gene, Scott Mosby, Kevin Welch here. How can we help? Hi, Scott. Hi, Kevin. I have a full brick masonry construction foundation, ranch-style home, in South County. I have a double walkout in the basement, and I'm not seeing any issues in the back or on the sides of the house, but in the front of the house, the driveway and the sidewalk slabs are cattywampus. They're raising. They're not flat like they should be, and I don't know what could be causing that, but obviously there's an issue. Kevin, you good? Uh, yeah, I got this yeah. one. Um Gene, yeah, you've. There's a few things that could be going on. One, you could be having some settlement of the earth underneath those slabs. It's causing them to move, and you know, one one side maybe drop down, the other side maybe pop up on you. Um, so you might be looking at doing some polyjacking or mudjacking, um, where we can come in and stabilize those slabs to to fill void and and try to move them back into into the places that they used to be. Um, one one other thing you might want to look at is. Uh, your drainage. Um, are you getting proper water flowing off of the house and moving away? Is it running over those slabs? Uh, maybe getting down in between the expansion joints and causing erosion underneath them. Um, if that's happening, then you might want to look at some downspout extensions and and maybe figuring out a way to move that water off, off of that concrete as much as possible. My husband buried pipe, uh, the sort of plastic kind with holes in it, mm-hmm, right. away from the downspouts deep into the back of the yard. Okay. So he did that to help with that years ago. Yeah, that's always good to do. Um, another thing that might be of consideration is, uh, you know, after you do the polyjacking or mudjacking, um, sealing off those expansion joints. There's a few products out there. We don't do sealing, but um, the, we could always give you a recommendation of someone to use that can do the, the sealing of those expansion joints and close those up and try to keep as much water Again, flowing off the concrete and not down in between those joints. Yeah, which then erodes the soil even more, and then the slabs move even more. Right. Okay. So just call Helotech. Absolutely. Give us a yeah. Give us a call, and we'll get someone out there right away. Can you give me your number now? Phone number. The one eight the one eight hundred number is one eight hundred two four six ninety seven twenty one. And you can certainly ask for me, Gene. I actually live in your backyard. Okay. Wonderful. Okay. Thank you both very much. Thank you for the call. Bye-bye. And next up, let's see what's cooking here. Uh, How's about Jeff? Hey, Jeff, uh, Kevin and Scott here. How can we help you, my friend? Hey, Scott. Thanks for taking my call. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Love the show. Welcome, brother. Um, Hey, i got two questions, Uh, maybe one for you, maybe one for Kevin. Uh, The first one is uh, over the last couple of years, I've noticed uh, 
a uh, lot of black buildup in the uh, aerator screen of the faucets, especially the faucet in the basement. <coughs> and it seems to be worse in the in the warmer months versus the colder months. And I'm curious, what what is this stuff, and is there anything I can do about it? Uh, depending on uh, some of the black buildup, usually you get mineral deposits that looks like sand or scale, and it's white, yellow, or gray, and that's just mineral stuff, normal water deposits. When you get the black stuff, it's probably related to a uh, seat on one of your stops or faucets because, uh, and even some of the discoloration when those rubber and older faucets, and even new ones sometimes with, with all the, you know, the uh, chlorine in the water treatment and the fluoride and such, it can really attack those rubber seats and some of those older seats. So generally when you get chunks of black, it's usually black rubber uh, and it indicates that your faucet probably starting or will drip soon and you need new uh, faucet seats or O-rings to be replaced, a rebuild of the valve or replacement of the faucet. Okay, so not replacing the whole faucet, just the seat? Yeah, just uh, when when you turn the stem, uh, not a single handle, but when you turn the knobs, you screw down a piece of metal and it presses on a a, a, a washer, a, a rubber washer. And after 10, 15 years, that soft, pl- supple rubber turns into rock. And when you turn it down, you, you break that black stuff up and it starts flowing around and it flows out and gets caught by that faucet area on the end of your spout in your kitchen or your lavatory sink or something like that. So black is most commonly that. Oh, okay. That, that sounds like a fairly easy solution. Yeah, yeah, um, um, yeah. And my, uh, my second question uh, involves the uh, concrete slabs on the outside of the house. I've got a, a concrete porch that runs the length of the front of the house. I've got a concrete slab patio in the back and uh, the concrete floor in the garage. They're all showing cracks. And uh, there have been some little cracks there over the years, but they seem to be getting worse. Um, I don't see any cracks inside the house as far as in the plaster or the drywall or anything. Um, what what's causing that, and and what can be done about it, and uh, is it just going to keep getting worse? Well, yeah. Again, uh, you know, the Jeff, the, the the slabs could be again settling due to I, I don't know what, what your drainage is like coming off the house or around those slabs. Um, it could be due to some drainage issues. It could also be due to um, you know just erosion of the ground over time and just causing those slabs to settle. So typically, once the cracks start occurring, they usually are going to get worse if you don't unless you do something about it. Yeah. And and what what can be done about it? It's either mud jacking, poly jacking, or if it's very severe, then we'd recommend tearing it out and replacing it. Yep. Okay. Well, they're they're not too awful bad yet, but I'm I'm afraid it's going to get to that point to where we it would just be a yeah. rip out and replace. But Jeff, we're going to have to get going here. Sorry, I'm time okay. bound, buddy. No problem. All right. Thanks for the info. Bye now.